2: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. So, uh, you know, uh, the inflation came in yesterday, 9.1%. You know what it was before Biden took office? Or the day that Biden took office was 1.4%. It's now 9.1%. 9.1%. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's incredible. Now, um, you know, when you think about that and you juxtapose it with all the corruption that we're seeing and the failed policies, when you can go to Mexico and get cheaper oil than here in the United States, when you have to call up Europe to send us baby food in Mexico— to send us baby food and tampons because America, you know, and then when you take a look at new health um, health records, this suggests we're spending more on medical and our life expectancy is less. This is a nation in decline, and yet the people in charge are selling out to the country like China that actually will pose the biggest threat um, you know uh, my uh, Twitter feed that I use to um, go through the show. I have some of it um, available to me, but for the I'm um, I'm either banned on Twitter or Twitter just malfunctioned. But um, you know, so I was going to play this Tucker Carlson clip later in the day, later in the show. But I'm going to go ahead and play it now, and maybe I can resolve the issue while this is playing. But this cues up the whole show really nicely because, you know, the Democrat Party that we're up against—they'll do—they'll stop at nothing. You know, we, we've said that uh, they're spending more money than we have in Ukraine for as long as it takes, but in addition, they don't really care how many people are dying across uh, coming across the open borders. And this latest episode of a 10-year-old getting raped in Ohio that got pregnant. And for them to somehow manipulate that story, they're manipulating that story in such a way that that, uh, they were trying to make an issue out of it with respect to uh, uh, the abortion loopholes. Um, it turns out that it's an illegal from Guatemala that actually uh, was behind that story. So Gerson Fuentes is accused of raping a 10-year-old Ohio girl who later got an abortion. Okay, the man, Now, this happened in June. They tried to actually m- not report it to the authorities so that this woman would somehow become, this girl would somehow become a uh, a part of a loophole to where she would have to be shipped to Indiana. So it says, the man charged with rape of 10-year-old girl in Ohio is a Guatemalan illegal immigrant. An Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE source told Fox News. The Columbus Dispatch... First reported the Gerson Fuentes was arrested after police said he confessed to raping a child on multiple occasions. They're not sending their finest, folks. Trump was right. He has been charged with rape, and an outlet reported that he was possibly in the country illegally. You think? The source told Fox that Fuentes is a Guatemalan national in the country illegally and that ICE had has placed a detainer on Fuentes, which is requested is, is a request he eventually be handed over to the agency for removal proceedings. ICE later confirmed to Fox News Digital that Fuentes is in the US unlawfully. So the story of the alleged rape was initially published in the Indianapolis Star. Indianapolis Star, in the context of the victim reportedly having to cross state lines to Indiana to get an abortion due to the state's laws. It was cited by proponents of abortion access access, who highlighted it is an example of the consequences of accessing access being limited. The story was eventually echoed by President Biden in a speech last week in announcing measures to protect abortion access in the wake of the recent Supreme Court decision to return, to overturn Roe v. Wade. 10-years-old, raped, 6-weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl, Biden said. But the story wasn't was questioned by some abortion opponents and fact-checkers, given its single-source reliance on an Indianapolis obstetrician-gynecologist who said she had spoken to a child-abused doctor in Ohio and its scant details. The outlet defended its reporting. It drew scrutiny as well from the state attorney general, who said that exceptions to Ohio law would have allowed girl to obtain an abortion in the state, and who said he had not heard a report being filed in the case. So basically, this gynecologist withheld some information to try to make it so this person needed to cross state lines, and then they're like, oh, she was raped, and next thing you know, um, you know, she would have been able to get the... uh, abortion where in the state that she was given the circumstances but they didn't want to report the circumstances um, because this person wasn't illegal they didn't want to reveal that part they knew who did it and yet they did they kept it secret so they were like we don't know who this girl is we don't know who the if this this act even happened we don't know anything so and that's how they played it Dinesh D'Souza writes about this. He says, Earlier I said I didn't think the 10-year-old rape victim even existed. I said this because I couldn't find out anything about the case or the alleged perpetrator. Now we know why. The mainstream media was concealing his identity because he was an illegal alien. And that's how that's how far the left is willing to go. Matt Gates had a weigh-in on this because... You remember um, we played some clips yesterday regarding um, the abortion issue because it's being debated on Capitol Hill, and uh, they were talking about infanticide and some other things, and um, and the question, the the questions that were asked of these people, you know, they don't get straight answers yet. You know uh, when it comes time for uh, the conservatives to give straight answers, you get answers like this. So first I'm going to play the Matt gates uh, the Matt Gates story, uh, his, his reaction to this, fighting for this, and then I'm going to play um, a lady named Miss Holly uh, who also gave a great uh, response. she was pro-life. Let's take a listen to Matt Gates first. Uh, let me just cue this up. We're having some technical difficulties today, but we'll get through them.
1: Miss Bass, you didn't use the words that were confusing, so I'm not going to yield to you.
2: By the way, he's referring to Miss Bass, who's the committee chairman who brought the bill and brought this committee hearing to the forefront, okay? Miss Bass is a Democrat, and let's take a listen again.
1: Miss Bass, you didn't use the words that were confusing, so I'm not going to yield you. to you. And it is I'm my not, bill, but you didn't use the words in description of it. And that guess confusing. why? It was Miss Ross who used those words. I mean, and if I want to ask questions of Miss Ross, she could choose whether or not to yield to give the answers. But you, well, covering but for her, not really she doesn't know the, the words she uses. Cannot in the, the judiciary committee sit and answer the questions you on something as important question. as life or death it's when really I control crazy. the time is outrageous. Are you done? I'm done when my time's done. You can, yield those, you can yield for those questions, but but it's crazy that in this committee, when I'm trying to get honest answers to questions about the effect of the bill, whether or not it paves the way to abortions, that you all want to sit up there and squawk at me rather than allow me to ask questions. When you have the time, you can control the time. How about that? But these are fair questions. She used the phrase unborn child. This is I would theater. like to know what that means to her, because what it means That's to her us on a break. is that... It is a life. Is but you know what? I want the answer on the record, Miss Bass. I want the answer for the American people because to all of us, my party that was impugned, we actually think that unborn life is a child and that there is a liberty interest there that is worthy of our defense and our protection and the values that undergird the American Constitution. I don't think that's too unreasonable. And by the way, if you use a phrase in this committee, you shouldn't have to have a senior member answer the questions for you. You should be able to answer those questions yourself. And if not, I think it speaks to the credibility of the debate that is offered. So I'll yield. I'll yield, Miss Bass. I got. I got 50 seconds.
3: Thank you. I would like for us to vote on the amendment. I think the bill is clear. The rest of this discussion is theater. I would like to vote on the amendment. Well, right, Can we vote is, on the amendment, Mr. Uh, Chair?
1: I, I tell you what. I tell you what, Miss Bass. Reclaiming my time. We'll vote. When we're damn well ready and when we're done answering our questions. Oh, you chair the committee now? No, we have rights in the minority to utilize time under the five-minute rule to be able to offer our perspective on matters. And we're sorry if you all are in such a rush to kill unborn life that you're unwilling to answer our questions. But you know what? The good news is with the Supreme Court we currently have, this is now a pro-life country, and we've got all the time in the world for that. I yield. Miss you didn't.
2: <laughs> that was pretty good stuff right there that was a great theater so this uh i i believe her name is miss holly it's, that's the nameplate in front of her uh, i want you to take a listen to erin holly adf senior counsel addresses criticisms of pro-life pregnancy centers so she's talking about these pro-life pregnancy centers and uh what good the good things that they've done because the Planned Parenthood, obviously, they're going out of business. Anywhere they can't do, perform abortions, they're just shutting down, right? But these pro-life pregnancy centers actually do exactly what it is that the Planned Parenthood groups were lying about because all Planned Parenthood was was an abortion clinic. That's all it ever was. And 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 they would give you a pamphlet, you know. Um, but... Uh, This is a a good account of what pro-life pregnancy centers have done. Uh, The ADF Senior senior Council addresses criticisms of pro-life pregnancy centers. They are not fake centers. In 2019, they served 1.85 million families, provided $266 million worth of goods, of car seats, of baby formula, of diapers— of things that women really need. Let's take a listen.
3: So in your opinion, is the Dobbs ruling an attack on women's rights? And did women ever have a constitutional right to take the life of their unborn baby the Supreme Court
4: opinion, Dobbs, cogently explained that there is nothing in the Constitution's text or structure or in our nation's history that would, any, that would in any sense support a right to an abortion. Uh, if you look at our nation's history, abortion has been unlawful since the common law. In 1973, when Roe v. Wade was decided, that case overturned the pro-life laws of nearly every single state.
3: Would you talk a little bit about the pro-life movement being a pro-woman movement?
4: Absolutely. There's, uh, as we mentioned, uh, of course, babies uh, can be female as well. Uh, So it's definitely pro-woman in that sense. Uh, As well, the pro-life movement movement, And ADF believes in the inherent dignity and value of every single person. Uh, We believe that every person uh, has the right to life and that the pro-life community has and will continue to come alongside and empower women. Uh, If we talk about pregnancy care centers, uh, they're not fake centers. Uh, In 2019, they spent 1 point or excuse me served 1.85 million families provided 266 million dollars worth of goods of car seats of baby formula which is surprisingly hard to get of diapers of the things that women really need they also provide emotional counseling they provide fatherhood training housing educational training things that can enable women to survive and thrive thank you
2: now that is an educated answer um, but what you got from the left was a whole bunch of rigmarole or nonsense, and and deception as well. So, in any case, we're going to go ahead and uh, oh, before we get to Tucker Carlson's um, open, uh, because we're having some technical difficulties, actually. Um, we're going to uh, listen to uh, this new this new thing that's going around. Um, it's apparently because um, Hunter Biden refers to his papa as Petto Peter. Apparently because Joe Biden's uh, code name, I guess, was Peter Hamilton or something like that. And that was the Secret Service name. And so... Uh, they call him Pedo Peter. Well, why would a son call his dad Pedo Peter? Well, Tucker Carlson, in this very short clip, uh, wanted to find out.
5: So a lot of people online are wondering why, according to Hunter Biden's electronic devices, Joe Biden's family refers to him as Pedo Peter. It's kind of weird. Why would they call a guy who showers with his own daughter Pedo Peter? We have no idea. Then we saw these pictures. They showed Joe Biden kissing his own granddaughter on the lips multiple times in february of 2020 joe biden was speaking at a campaign event in iowa he said his daughter told him not to kiss her in public then he said his granddaughter is quote different
0: but granddaughters not only love their dads their grandpops they always like them and that's the great thing thank
5: you baby thanks yeah so totally normal sharing with your daughter is totally normal but there is a reason the fbi wants to get its hands on joe biden's daughter's diary very badly is willing to arrest people in order to keep that from becoming public. We'll let you continue to guess. So a lot of people online are wondering why...
2: So the FBI is covering up for Joe Biden. That's the problem. That's, that's what we're seeing left and right and center. Uh, that's all that seems to be happening is the Department of Justice. They, they bl- tried to blame Trump for uh, having a uh, AG that was his uh, concierge or, or basically private attorney. That that was nowhere near the case with Bill Barr, um, but it is it was the case with Eric Holder being a wingman for Obama, and it is the case with Merrick Garland who is a political hack. Thank goodness he never got to be a judge, and uh, shame on Obama for bringing up Mer- Merrick Garland's name as a possible confer- you know nominee for scalia's seat and good on mitch mcconnell for blocking that vote uh that was the one good thing that you could say mitch mcconnell did but let's take a listen to the uh tucker carl uh carlton open this was a really good open he's been having some really great opens and you know what i i uh, hate to play such so much to give him so much time but his opens in this particular piece he he cited three different videos that I was actually going to play separately, um, but he did that. He put them all in his very own open, so it it kind of solves that problem for me to have to do that. All right, here we go. This is Tucker Carlson.
5: Government announced that inflation has once again set a year-over-year year record. But now we're used to this. If you buy anything, you already knew it was happening. Boy, did you! But there were parts of today's Labor Department report that were not expected by anyone. In fact, they were bizarre. They seemed to defy the most basic rules of economics. But first, here are the raw numbers. This is from a Fox News report today. Inflation cranked up a whopping 9.1%
4: in June, the highest yearly jump since 1981. The Consumer Price Index released Wednesday morning showed the price of necessities far outpacing raises. The price of gas is up almost 60% year over year, Rent went up 5.6% over last June, and food at home and dining out increasing 10.4%. If you break it down to just groceries, the annual jump was 12.2%. That includes eggs up 33% and butter up 26%.
5: So the biggest annual spike in inflation in more than 40 years, that's the headline. But if anything, it understates what's actually going on. The reality of it is worse than that. During the Carter years, when inflation famously hit 14.6%, wages were still going up. As Pew put it in a recent analysis, quote, During the high inflation years of the 1970s and early 1980s, average wages commonly jumped 7, 8, even 9% year over year. And that makes sense. There's more money in circulation. It's worth less, but there's more of it. But that is not what is happening right now. And that's the weird thing. According to the Labor Department report today, quote, real average hourly earnings decreased 3.6% seasonally adjusted from June 2021 to June 2022. The change in real average hourly earnings combined with a decrease of 0.9% of the average workweek resulted in a 4.4% decrease in real average weekly earnings over this period. 4.4% average decrease in earnings. This is what ac- economic disaster looks like. Americans are making less money at exactly the moment when everything they buy, from gas to groceries, is more expensive. And not just a little more expensive, a lot more expensive. Here's the big picture. The average American household income this year is about 87000 Today's inflation numbers means the average household is losing nearly $8,000 a year just from inflation, and by the way, that's using the government's cooked numbers, the 9.1% inflation number, which is derived from the intentionally deceptive Consumer Price Index, CPI. So the real number is actually higher than that. Rising inflation with falling wages. This is very bad, and as we said, it's also very weird. How weird? Well, here's one measure of the strangeness. The price of gas is now much cheaper in Mexico than it is in the United States, And that's why so many Californians are now driving across the border to fill their cars. Now, why is this happening? That does not make sense. Oil prices set on the international market. But apart from a few outlier websites like Zero Hedge, which not coincidentally, the left is always trying to shut down and censor. No one seems to be asking that question. We do know that gas prices in Mexico are so cheap that the Mexican government is encouraging more Americans to cross the border to refuel their cars right now said the president of Mexico this week, a gallon of regular cost $4.78 average on your side of the border, while in Mexico it cost $3.12. So you have to ask yourself, if we're paying more for gas because of Putin's price hike, why isn't Mexico paying more for gas because of Putin too? Why is inflation up when wages are down? This doesn't make any sense. So if you wanna answer those questions, you really have to look at government spending. Last month, Mexico's government did not follow the Biden administration's lead and send its strategic petroleum reserve to China. They did not do that. Instead, here's what Mexico did. They spent $2 billion in subsidies to keep gas prices lower for consumers. In other words, the government of Mexico in the middle of a drug war is taking better care of its citizens than Joe Biden is taking care of his citizens. And that is shameful. But it doesn't mean Joe Biden is ignoring the needy in the very same month. that gas prices shot beyond the reach of people, people aren't taking trips because of gas prices. Joe Biden, in the name of democracy, signed a 40 billion dollar aid package, not for you or any other American, but for Ukraine. And that money, Joe Biden says, is just the beginning. It's part of our unlimited commitment to funding Ukraine's corrupt and authoritarian government. Here's Biden for as long as it takes,
3: does it mean indefinite support from the United States for Ukraine? Or will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer? Thank you.
0: We are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes. We are going to stick with Ukraine and all of the allies are going to stick with Ukraine as long as it takes. The war has
5: pushed prices up. They could go as high as $200 a barrel, some analysts think. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium
1: for this war?
0: As long as it takes. Russia cannot, in fact,
5: defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. Future generations will look at that tape, and many tapes like it, with their jaws open.
6: I'm just
2: going to interject there and uh, say this, that so as long as it takes, with your money, as long as it takes... And what's happening is that's nothing but a slush fund, a laundering proposition for a lot of politicians. And Lindsey Graham and Sid Blumenthal, bipartisan, got together and pushed this whole entire agenda. Um, And because they're getting rich off of the slush fund, the money goes over there. There's no accountability for the money that's going over there. Nobody knows where this money's going, but it finds its way in other countries. It finds its way in the pockets of oligarchs, and these oligarchs actually then invest in campaign donations and all kinds of other money laundering schemes. By the time it makes its way back into to, uh, like a full circle, 360, back into the uh, politician's pocket, it's been cleaned. And it's nothing more than a donation. And that's how this is happening. This is just a, a fleecing of America at a time when inflation is robbing the middle class of all of its wealth. You know, Thomas Sowell said something to the effect, inflation is just another way to re, uh, to uh, redistribute wealth from the people to the government. Thomas Sowell said that.
5: As long as it takes, whatever the cost for Ukraine, as the American economy heads toward total destruction, Ukrainians are dying in large numbers. Who's winning? Well, Ukrainian oligarchs. They're getting richer, much richer. Since January of this year, the Biden administration has sent about $8 billion just in so-called security assistance alone to Ukraine. That would include missile systems, howitzers, ammunition, radar systems, etc., etc. Now, defense contractors are making a ton from them, this, and that's why they have lobbied for it so hard. But you have to ask, once we send these weapons to Ukraine, where do they go then? What happens to them? These are sophisticated and deadly weapon systems. Well, no one knows where they go. No one's keeping track. U.S. officials, Biden administration officials, have admitted that to The Wall Street Journal, and we're quoting. Once U.S. equipment, materiel, is handed to the Ukrainian government, US officials said they have little direct knowledge of where that material goes. They rely instead on the Ukrainian government for such information. The administration has not agreed to allow American military troops to conduct some oversight into that country." End quote. Huh, so you send billions to Ukraine in the middle of a war and then you don't bother to find out what happens to it? What will happen to these weapons? Well, the Czech defense minister knows He has said these weapons, some of them, will be smuggled out of Ukraine. Quote, it's hard to avoid trafficking or smuggling. We didn't achieve it in the former Yugoslavia, and we probably won't avoid it in Ukraine. This is lunacy. If you wanted to make Eastern Europe dangerous and unstable for generations, ensure that war continues and many more die, this is exactly what you would do.
2: We did it in Afghanistan to the tune of 80 billion Dollars worth of military equipment going up in smoke in the hands of the Taliban. Again, somebody profited from that. And back in the early 2000s, it was Kofor Black and Mitt Romney that were investing heavily in Afghanistan military equipment. And I'm sure that a lot of that equipment on the black market is just sold for profit. People don't even care where this military equipment goes so long as they're getting paid for it
5: you would treat ukraine like we treated afghanistan but that's just the beginning of the money we're sending on top of all of this security assistance now the head of usaid that would be samantha power she's never left she's still here amazingly after wrecking the world she's announced we're sending 4 billion more to ukraine to pay off that country's budget deficit wouldn't that be nice if Samantha Power decided to pay off our budget deficit, if anyone decided to help us, but no, no one would ever do that. So your tax dollars are now paying the salaries of Ukrainian government bureaucrats. In all, your Congress has approved more than 50 billion dollars for Ukraine. That includes seven billion in food assistance and health care, health care, along with nine billion for economic support, whatever that means. There's also two billion for refugee assistance. So just as we did in Iraq and Afghanistan and, I don't know, half a dozen other countries, we're sending bales of $100 bills into a war zone and hoping they find the right pockets. Again, this is nuts. And yet leaders of both parties agree we have to keep doing it. Much more of it. Dozens of Democrats in Congress just signed a letter pushing the administration as if they needed to be pushed to award the International Monetary Fund a total of $650 billion in new funding because Ukraine. And on top of all of that, Congressman Adam Kinzinger just proposed an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act calling for another $100 million for, quote, Ukrainian military pilots and associated personnel. Kinzinger's the guy who thought the ghost of Kiev was real. Now, all of this is necessary, it's mandatory, we must, according to members of both parties, because we must defend democracy. Now, we're not picking on Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, a Republican state, but we wanna show you this take. He just sat for an interview with Charlie Kirk and explained that we have to send an unlimited amount of money to Ukraine. Why? To quote, fight back against communist intrusion for the cause of freedom because Vladimir Putin is evil. Watch. What amount of money is too much
7: to send to Ukraine? Because we just did $1.7 billion or more. Where's the line? Because we're up near $56 billion now.
0: Sure. Well, I, I don't know that the line is a dollar amount, Charlie. I think um, each each request or each requirement, each demand, each circumstance requires its own its own um, discovery, if you will. Um, I don't think we should do a whole bunch necessarily at one time. I think that we should do smaller tranches, just for the purpose of renegotiating, you know, reassessing the price of letting Ukraine fall to Russia to the United States taxpayer and to the cause of of liberty, uh, I think is very, very high.
5: Yeah, fighting the communist menace. These people never update their talking points. Senator Kramer invokes the cause of liberty. And that's a phrase we strongly support. That's an idea we strongly support. That's why we're in favor of unfettered free speech. That's why we oppose vaccine mandates. But you have to ask yourself, what does the cause of liberty have to do with Ukraine? Well, very little. Last February, the Ukrainian government shut down opposition media. Then they arrested the leader of the main opposition party. Now, President Zelensky has decided to combine all television stations in Ukraine into a state-owned propaganda ministry in order to combat, quote, misinformation. Now, what is that? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not the profile of a free country. Not even close. The cause of liberty? May those words burn in your mouth. Oh, but we have to, they tell us, because Putin is worse. He's the worst person in the world. He's a... Communist, says Senator Kramer, who plans to conquer the globe. Now, you don't have to like Vladimir Putin to see how absurd this is. Putin's a communist now? Really? How communist is Vladimir Putin? Is Vladimir Putin more or less communist than, say, Sandy Cortez? More or less communist than, say, Joe Biden's domestic policy team? Is he a more committed atheist than they are? Is Putin throwing Americans in jail for attending political rallies at the Capitol? Is he trying to confiscate the rifles from your bedroom? Is he sterilizing children in the name of trans liberation? Whatever his many faults, no, Vladimir Putin is not doing any of that. As for his apparently limitless international ambitions, ask yourself, is Vladimir Putin recolonizing Africa right now? Is Vladimir Putin trying to build military bases in the Caribbean and South America? No, he's not. But another country is. That would be China, Joe Biden's patron. Putin wants Crimea. He may succeed in getting it, but it is China that is on its way to controlling the world. Here's a graphic we saw today that illustrates the point. These are the relative sizes of the players in the global economy. The numbers are from the IMF. As you can see, the world is completely dominated by the economic power of China and the United States. As of today, our two economies are roughly equal in size, though thanks to COVID, China is quickly pulling ahead. That is a problem. In fact, that is the biggest problem in the world by far. Nothing comes close because the Chinese empire will not be like our empire at all. So where's Russia in this? How does it fit in? Well, get your reading glasses. Because Russia is a footnote. It's not irrelevant, but it's close to irrelevant. Russia's economy is smaller than Italy's. The Italians, in other words, are in a better position to take over the world than Vladimir Putin is. This entire conversation is insane. Anyone who takes it seriously is a fool. And anyone who doesn't see the red flags is probably dishonest. The most dishonest, the most power hungry people in the United States are the very ones yelling the loudest for a war with Russia. That would be Joe Biden. That would be Nancy Pelosi. That'd be Chuck Schumer. That'd be Adam Schiff. These are the people telling you that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal bent on world domination. Why are they saying that? Why are they suggesting Vladimir Putin's gonna take over Europe? That's not true, but why are they saying it? Well, there's a reason, a reason that has precisely nothing to do with saving lives or making Ukraine a better country. (laughs) Again, red flag, anyone? And yet somehow Republicans don't see it. They don't seem curious about why the worst people in America are for an endless war with Russia. In fact, apart from Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few other Republicans in Congress, they are all in. Whatever Joe Biden wants in Ukraine, they support. Here, for example, is Lindsey Graham with his little friend Richard Blumenthal. That would be Connecticut's most famous Vietnam War hero. Here they are together. This picture ought to tell you something about America right now. There's bipartisan support to defeat Putin, to have fallen out as a pariah and a war criminal. When we get back, uh, we're going to try to get the Senate as a whole to pass the resolution, hopefully leading the way for the administration to label Russia as a state-sponsored terrorism uh, in the category of Iran, Syria, and North Korea. Defeat Putin. Will that improve your life? Is it improving the lives of the Ukrainians right now? No, it's not. And yet every person who has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision going back 40 years is on the same page. And that, of course, would include John Bolton, the former national security Advisor, who, by the way, just admitted on national television that he has personally engineered coups in foreign countries. Wait, we're not for democracy. (laughs) Apparently not. John Bolton isn't. But wasn't democracy the whole point? Were those coups state sponsored terror? No one's asking. No one's calling John Bolton a war criminal. Instead, here's what they're saying. Biden studiously avoids doing the one thing, though, that could really bring down the price of crude. He needs to arm the Ukrainians to the teeth so they can quickly beat Russia and put the war to bed. Could we make Ukraine safe for agriculture?
0: Sure. But we might have to set up a no-fly zone in the western part of the country, which Biden doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to create a no-fly zone because that's American fighter planes firing at Russian ones. And it's a hop, skip, and a jump from there to nuclear war. I understand that. By the way,
5: I think there's a very good argument for that. But a no-fly zone is, while extremely risky, it is the best way to get food inflation under control. Wait, what? I tuned in to find out whether I should buy Cisco on the dip. And you're a foreign policy expert now? The American economy is in serious trouble. It's heading south faster than anyone anticipated. But instead, you flip on CNBC and the geniuses are talking about World War III. And they're not the only ones. So if you want to know how big this has become, how ominous this is in the absence of attention from the rest of us, we've kind of sleptwalked up to this point, you should see this. This is from the city of New York. Our largest city is a public service announcement reminding the 8 million residents of New York they could soon be nuked.
4: So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside stay inside shut all doors and windows have a basement head there if you were outside after the blast get clean immediately remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body
5: what now if you were drinking beer and that came on tv you'd think maybe she was giving you advice on what to do if your basement floods or if there's a heat wave then you get to the part where she says, radioactive dust, and you snap to a... T- radioactive dust? You're suggesting that someone might lob a nuclear weapon into our largest city? What? Why the chirpy... T- what the hell are you talking about? How do we get so close to nuclear war that the city of New York is telling me to wash the radioactive dust off my pants? This is total lunacy. This is crazy. Why are we doing this? Because Putin's bad and he's going to take over Belgium? Because nobody has said anything and because the Republican Party has collaborated with the nutcases in the Biden administration, we have reached the point where some chirpy lady on TV is telling you to prepare for the deaths of tens of millions of Americans. Wake up.
2: And there it is. And, you know, uh, there's more to that clip. I saw that clip. That was one of the ones I was going to play, Uh, the New York City uh, clip. The third step, it says the first step, get inside. The second step, stay inside. The third step is to turn on the radio or the TV and get in, you know, listen to the authorities telling you what's happening. (laughs) it's just, it's so transparent and so easy to to see what they want you to do. They want you to curl up in a fetal position and be indoctrinated by their lies. It's insane. That is so far-fetched, but you know what? Is that grooming? What was that piece about? What was that commercial about? About nuclear war in New York City? You know? That's about, you know what that's about. That is about, you know, this this war in Ukraine, because people have forgotten about the war in Ukraine and, and Vladimir Putin. It's not even on their radar. What's on their radar is inflation, how they're going to pay their next bill. They're not thinking of Putin and Zelensky and the clown show that is Ukraine and the corruption in Ukraine. And the comedian that's hoarding all of our tax dollars in Ukraine, Zelensky. And the Gestapo like tactics of cracking down on media and censoring everything, controlling political parties, controlling political or news outlets in Ukraine. It's not a democracy. So it's a globalist agenda. It's a globalist front. I mean, Zelensky is a globalist. All the Ukrainians, the, the Kitch, Klitschko brothers, are globalist wannabes. And this is uh, just another part of globalism. And Russia stands in the way of globalism. Russia rejects globalism. Russia wants to go back into the, 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 the days of czar, the czars. Not even the Soviet Union. They are, you know, Putin is all about R- Russian pride, and you know that you could say whether you like that or you don't. But being a nationalist is a uh, cause for concern with the globalists because the globalists realize that nationalism is runs counter. To their ability to expand their domain, to expand their monopoly, to expand their kingdom, to expand their power and control over the world's population. But that New York City thing stay inside. Where have we heard that before? COVID, right? Get inside. Put a mask on. Cover your face. Listen to the authorities. Listen to the CDC. Trust the science. And what we've learned in all of this is that they are not to be trusted at all. I have a really great clip for you. I'm going to play right here. This was really electrifying.
3: New Deal and the socialists who created it. We're fed up with the attacks on our fossil fuel and energy industries. We're fed up with an open border. We're fed up with human trafficking. We're fed up with fentanyl flooding our country, and we're fed up with illegal immigration. We're fed up with critical race theory. We're fed up with boys competing in girls sports. We're fed up with... Fe- We're fed up with the liberal media, Twitter, Facebook, Google, and YouTube for blocking conservative speech. We're fed up with our government and universities censoring conservative thought, canceling debate, and rewriting history. We're fed up with the corruption in the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, the NSA, and the vaccine mandates, the CDC, the NIH, the WHO, and the misinformation campaign surrounding COVID-19. And we're fed up with Anthony Fauci. We're fed up with the politicians and the elitists in D.C. who are getting rich while the middle class falls further behind every year. We're fed up with Joe Biden, with Nancy Pelosi. We're fed up with the January 6th Commission and those people who think that they can gaslight us. And we're fed up with Liz Cheney.
2: Love that, don't you? I love that. That was so great. Well, here's another uh, clip of the Democrats lying. Let's see. I just had it right here. Democrats lying for two minutes.
3: I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. The most about economic al- analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact.
5: The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The
0: overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about
5: this great, great deal.
3: This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory.
0: the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and, and expected to be temporary there's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way it's on highly unlikely that's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand i don't know anybody who's worried about
4: inflation over the last couple of months
5: uh we actually saw it trended downward president biden's chief of staff ron klein enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said, in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems.
0: What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs>
4: oh <my God. laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing
3: that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, That, we know, is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way.
0: The inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is
5: to um, undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. Ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything.
2: Yeah, well, it's not a joking matter. And, uh, and yet they're still continuing to lie to you. They'll go as far as to tell you that men can have babies. Let's take a listen.
7: I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? No, I don't think <laughs> so. Agreement. You are denying
6: that trans people like this. And
7: that me. leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, you, no. You're told that they're, they're a- opening up people to oh, violence. We
6: have a good time in my class. You should join. Well, I bet. You might learn a lot.
7: Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot. I just know. In this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. Um,
2: you know, that was uh, Kiera Bridges from Berkeley. Okay, so she's from Berkeley, California. Um, she's a professor there, a law professor. And here's the kicker. David Samadhi, Dr. David Samadhi, (laughs) he said, I've been practicing medicine my entire career. I'm a men's health expert, a urologist to be exact. I work in that area and there is no way that a man can get pregnant or deliver a child. And yet, this law, law professor sits there and tries to gaslight liberals into in students into believing somehow that 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 uh, men can have babies. It's absurd. It's absurd on its face. Rising servant writes. In case you missed it, the story about an illegal immigrant raping a ten-year-old girl twice, and the doctor not reporting statutory rape because became uh, became miraculously transformed into a debate on Roe v. Wade, instead of how illegal immigration is one giant child sex trafficking operation. Wow, as well said. Zelensky is an actor and puppet for the World Economic Forum. Do you believe that? I do. Um, Chip Roy, the, the Judiciary Committee Democrats, this is representative to J- J- Chip Roy, Judiciary Committee Democrats just unanimously rejected Chip Roy's amendment to increase penalties for all child sex trafficking offenses which is pretty insane. Um, also, uh, Cambry writes, the man who raped the 10-year-old little girl in Ohio is an illegal, unbelievable. And Matt Gates writes, uh, in response to this uh, person, where he says, I just received a separation package for not taking the EUA vaccine. I also received a surprise letter of... Reprimand for appearing on Tucker Carlson's show. This was a uh, this was a uh, person named Nick Cupper, who nineteen years in the Air Force as an Air Force sergeant, um, has been kicked out of the Air Force just before his retirement. How, how do you like that? That's nuts. So Matt Gates writes: This is an outrage. Nick is a patriot. The DoD has lost their way at the top and. They are purging our best. It's pretty sad when you think about it. Um, So in any case, we got to fight back and we have a fighting chance. We have a sluggers chance at taking back the House, the Senate and our country. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, BugleCall.org. You know, one of the things that we are doing is we're connected, you know, Magapac and BugleCall are connected with Scott Adams Show, Red State, Paul Preston Show. And what we're doing is... We are telling the truth and advancing America First policies each and every day. And we need your support. So with that, also, be sure to check out MyPillow.com and use Red State as your promo code for that. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.